as a couple prepares for the sacrament of marriage at one of the parishes in the Diocese of Bismarck, one of the components of the marriage preparation process is to attend a pre-marriage seminar weekend, which is held over at Spirit of Life in Mandan. They go with 30 other couples all preparing for the sacrament of marriage, and they spend a weekend hearing from other couples about everything from finances, communication, to faith, to all those components that make up marriage. One of the last sessions of this pre-marriage seminar weekend, the couples preparing for marriage are given a small book entitled Together for Life. This book is given to them so they can actually plan and have some say in the various aspects of their wedding ceremony. The main part of choosing in this book is choosing the readings. So they go through and select an Old Testament reading, a responsorial psalm to be sung, a New Testament reading, the gospel. Unfortunately, there's no option in there for what the homily is. I'm sure some couples would like just a standard homily so Father knows what to say. But the reason I mention all that this morning is one of the 10 options for the gospel selection for the rite of marriage is the gospel you and I just heard a few moments ago, the wedding feast at Cana in Galilee. Now it's fitting for why that would be an option at a wedding. In fact, the many weddings I've done in the last five and a half years as a priest, one of my favorite gospels to be selected by a couple is this. So if you've been to one of my weddings before, and this was the gospel, you've heard part of this homily. If you someday want me to marry you and do your wedding, you've already had your homily written. Sorry about that. But why would this be such a fitting gospel on the day of marriage? Well, let's back up for a second. In this gospel, Jesus and his disciples begin Jesus' public ministry. It comes right after the baptism of the Lord, which we had last week. And as he begins his public ministry, he and his new band of disciples go about nine miles north of Galilee, north of Nazareth, excuse me, to a town called Cana. And there, already at this wedding feast, is Mary, the mother of Jesus, which seems to indicate everyone that this was probably a family wedding because Mary was invited, and so too was Jesus. This probably a relative of theirs. And as we just heard, shortly after the wedding festivities begin, they run out of wine. And for anyone who's ever hosted a wedding before, especially in the North Dakota area, you might imagine how embarrassing it is to run out of booze. <laughs> but they did. And Jesus then helps them out and gives the servants orders to go fill these large six stones used for Jewish ceremonial purposes to have them filled with water, and Jesus then miraculously turns them into wine. Now, notice for a second that amongst the countless miracles Jesus performed in his three years of public ministry, from raising a dead man, to curing lepers, to calming storms, 
to feeding 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish, amongst those countless miracles we find in the gospel. The very first miracle our Lord performs is at a wedding. What does that indicate to us? Well, first off, why did our Lord perform any miracles? Why would he raise a sick man, a man who had died? Why would he heal a sick person? Why would he calm a storm? Why would he feed 5,000 people with just a loaf of bread and a little fish? What Jesus was doing in every single miracle, everyone, was revealing to the people of Israel that I'm not just a prophet. I'm not just a wise sage. There is something unique about me. Every single miracle our Lord performed was a further indication of his divinity that this is God. Not just a representative of God. This is God in the flesh. So every miracle, everyone, points to that fundamental reality. Now, how does that have anything to do with marriage? If our Lord was trying to reveal something about God through this miracle at a wedding feast in Cana, this seems to be it. For 2,000 years, the church has said that a husband and wife, a married couple, reveals to us something about God. Let me take it a step further. The church has taught for 2,000 years that the love between a husband and a wife in the sacrament of marriage is meant to be an image, an icon, a mirror of God. Now, when you and I hear that, we're probably like, Father, big deal, what's that mean? Let's go a bit deeper. Marriage is intended by God to be a reflection of God. Which is to say, when you and I look at a married couple, what they're meant to reflect to the world is the love of God. That is an incredible vocation that so many of you have been called to. That when we look to a married couple, we're meant to see something about God. We're meant to learn something about God. We're meant to have something reflected to us about God. So for us, who are not married, or for any married person in fact, when we look to another married couple, when we look to a married couple, we're meant to see God. So if we want to know what does a tender mercy of God look like, look to a married couple. If we're asked what does true forgiveness look like in God, we're asked to look to the forgiveness a married couple so often has to exercise. If we're asked what does faithfulness look like in God, what does God's faithfulness to his people look like, we're asked to look to the faithfulness of a married couple. That's what we mean when we say that marriage is an image of God and that God reflects something about himself to us through marriage. And so for all you married people here this morning, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for being an image of God to the world an image of God's faithfulness and forgiveness and love and tenderness and mercy. 
Because for us who are not married, and for married couples too, if we want to learn something about God, the church asks us to look to married couples to show us. God did big things by having his first miracle at a wedding. And God continues to do big things through married couples being an image of God's love to this world.